Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Go For It. I am your host, Paul Gainer, for the next 90 minutes. We're going to be talking sports and having fun doing it. I want all your ideas, all your opinions, and all your beliefs. And, of course, as always, you have a heavy dose of my opinion. If you have an opinion, the number to call, 646-727-3070. That's 646-727-3070. You can listen to the show at blogtalkradio.com slash pgant. Send messages to the show on Twitter at go for it, Gant. While you're there, at go for it, Gant. Give me a follow at G O F O R I T G A N T. Great show lined up for you today. Expect it to be joined by wide receiver for the Jacksonville Jaguars, Alan Hearns. <laughs> also, one of the stars of If Loving You Is Wrong which airs on OWN each and every Tuesday, 8 o'clock Eastern, excuse me, 9 o'clock Eastern, 8 o'clock Central, on OWN. Actor Joel Rush will be joining us. Joel's going to talk about his Colts, his Colts and, and that ridiculous, just stupid, asinine play that we saw the other night against the New England Patriots, but we're going to talk about that as well. We're also going to talk about the show, and also Hall of Famer Willie Rofe will be joining us as well. So we've got a great show lined up for you. Alan Hearns, Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, Joe Rush, If Loving You Was Wrong, and Hall of Famer Willie Rolfe. Let's get right down to it. Um, first and foremost, let's talk about what we saw last night. Uh, and that was with the NFL game. Um, before we get to that, my Temple Owls, baby. Temple Owls, 7-0. and 7-0, and Temple Owls. Let's give a shout-out to the Temple Owls. back to it. Let's go to the NFL game that we saw last night. Uh, we saw the Seattle Seahawks, you know, a team that had some struggles, a team that had issues uh, uh, with fourth quarter leads and being able to hold fourth quarter leads. I mean, they had some issues over the past few games, but last night, you know, that wasn't an issue. That wasn't a problem. They got after Colin Kaepernick pretty good. Uh, Russell Wilson made a play or two here, there. And beast mode, Marshawn Lynch was over 100 yards, and the Seattle Seahawks and that defense rolled. They rolled, and, you know, Colin Kaepernick struggled big time. The Niners' offense struggled big time, 142 yards of total offense. That, that's a rarity where you see teams under 200 total offense, and, and that's locked down. That's a team that's locked down. That's a team that's it's struggling. That's a team that's really not playing good football. And, and so, and, and you know, here's also the thing. I mean, Seattle – you know, even though they got the victory, even though they're back on the good foot, and 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 a lot of people were saying, well, you know, Seattle, obviously they're not the, they're they're not the defense that maybe they were the past few years. Maybe you know this is the maybe they're ready to hit their stride. Maybe they're ta- ready to take off. You got Camp Chancellor back, getting acclimated, getting ready, getting himself used to that 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 defense again. Well, getting not that defense per se, but getting used to playing again. You know, you can't you can't simulate an NFL game. So, you know, getting ready and getting, you know, playing an NFL game and just getting used to playing an NFL game. So, you know, you have that now with the Seahawks, and they're in second place in the NFC West. And, 
You got the Cardinals now who are in first place in the NFC West. But, you know, I mean, the Cardinals, tough loss against the Steelers and playing some decent football. Carson Palmer playing some decent football. Larry Fitzgerald playing decent football as well. But I'm not going to sit here and say, well, the Cardinals are a better football team than the the Seattle Seahawks. You know, this is still a playoff football team in my opinion. I don't think we can uh, we can panic. I mean, it's not like even with some of the issues they have protecting the quarterback, and he was sacked five times last night. They're still uh, they still have fourth quarter leads in their last four games. And they still had fourth quarter leads, and, and, and in actuality, they had what they wanted because they put it in the hands of their defense. That vaunted defense is still big time defense. It may not be what it was the past two seasons, but it still gets it done. And, again, maybe this is the point where it takes off. But even when you look at the Seahawks, you look at their past few games and, you know, fourth-quarter leads last week against Carolina. They were in control throughout, lost the fourth-quarter league. Cincinnati up 24-7 to in that fourth quarter, lost the lead. You know, and, and even Green Bay, they were up in that game. Or and, and So they had leads in the fourth quarter, but they can't find ways to hold leads. And then you even talk about this go back. This even goes back to the Super Bowl. When when you know you, yeah, we saw Tom Brady slice up that uh, Seattle secondary that leads you to boom in that second half in that fourth quarter I should say to get the comeback victory. So hopefully Seattle can and can find a way for them. They can find a way to kind of uh, clean that up a little bit. Find a way to 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 get back on the good foot. And find that way to get back on the good foot and find a way to continue to play the type of football that we all know and love when it comes to the Seattle Seahawks over the years. This is a team that's made plays, Russell Wilson, with his with his legs and with his feet, with his legs, his feet, and his arm, I should say, and then that defense, doing what that defense has done over the years, you know, closing out football games. Again, I, I think if you're Seattle, while you're losing those fourth-quarter leads, I think you still feel pretty good about yourself being that, you know, all through a three and four start, but you're only a game and a half out of first place. You still gotta play the Arizona Cardinals twice. You know, you're 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 still right there even though you haven't played the best of football and, and you gotta be happy because again, you were in position to win football games. You have fourth quarter leads. So now it's a matter of you to saying and deciding that let's close. We gotta learn how to close and we're gonna we're gonna do this. We gotta close. And now moving forward, you know, they beat San Francisco. They got Dallas next week. You know, they still got to play Arizona two more times. San Francisco again, Steelers at Minnesota, at Baltimore, Cleveland, St. Louis. I mean, in between schedule, I mean, there, there, there are some victories you can – well, Baltimore and Cleveland are, are games that you think you could win. You got St. Louis at home, but St. Louis is – St. Louis is a tough team. They beat you already. So they're, they're a tough team, and they're not going to be easy to beat. But – I think Seattle is 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 going to be okay. I think they're going to be okay. I think the key is, and the important thing is, they have to be able to keep their quarterback upright. And, and, and Russell Wilson has to be able to stay healthy, even though he's taking a lot of hits. And the beauty about Russell Wilson, the beauty of him is that even though he's he, he's running, he runs a lot, he's able to stay healthy. He's able to avoid big hits. He's able, He's able to avoid the killer shot. He's able to avoid killer shots. And, you know, you've got to be able to avoid killer shots, especially if you run the football a lot, in order to survive and stay healthy in this league. And Russell Wilson has done that. He has most definitely done that. And 
we'll see if he can continue to do that. And and that's going to be key moving forward for Russell Wilson. That's going to be key moving forward for Seattle. But overall, they got to protect him better. He's been sacked 31 times. That's just too many. And what? We're only, they're only seven games in? So you've been sacked. You're on pace for 60-plus sacks. That's a lot of sacks. That's a lot of quarterback hits. At some point, you know, taking all the quarterback hits, even Russell Wilson with all his durability, you know, even him, even him will will have issues and have problems, you know, being able to, to stand upright. Even, you know, eventually he's going to have problems standing upright. He's going to have problems because you can't take those type of shots. You can't be sacked that many times and expect to be okay. You can't. You can't at all. So we'll see what happens with the Seahawks moving forward and the San Francisco 49ers. I mean, Colin Kaepernick, you know, got off to a slow start in the season, played good, played well the past couple games, and then he another stinker by Kaepernick. And, you know, there's reports out of San Francisco there could be some changes, you know, so we don't know what those changes could be. But you look at Kaepernick and – it, it's not the guy that we saw uh, the past few seasons, not last season, but the two seasons before that, a guy that, you know, got him to the Super Bowl, then the guy that got him to the NFC Championship game. He's not that guy that we, we – we're not seeing that guy. And we don't know where that guy is going. You know, he still hasn't been able to become a proficient pocket passer. He still has his struggles, uh, you know, passing the football, throwing the football. He doesn't look like the guy we saw in 2012 with all that swagger. The, the guy we saw in 2012 kissing his bicep. That guy. He doesn't look like that guy anymore. And maybe, maybe he will. He will ultimately, you know, get back on the right track. And and, and he's still a talented quarterback. You know, arm strength, can run the ball. You know, he's still a talented guy. Reality is, even with his talent, even with his ability, I, I say this over and over, you got to be able to throw for the pocket effectively. And he has not been doing that over the past couple of seasons. He didn't do it last night. He was awful last night. The 49ers were awful last night, and they lose 23. But, you know, who who can expect the 49ers to be good this year? I mean, who who, who can expect the 49ers to be good when – you lost all those things. When when you lost, when you lose, you know your 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 uh, your your a lot of your defenders. When you lose a Patrick Wills, when you lose a Justin Smith, when you lose an Alden Smith, you know when you lose all those things, all those players, you know you, you it's difficult to to bounce back for something like that. You lose your head coach Jim Harbaugh as well. I mean, you lost so much. I mean, you had the off season from hell. I mean, that was the off season from hell. And and the difficult part about it is, you know, new coach, new players. That means adjustments, and you lost some talent. Patrick Willis is a big time uh, a linebacker in this league. Justin Smith can get after the passer. Alden Smith can get after the passer. You're talking about big-time dudes now gone. You're talking about big-time dudes and, and, and other places retired. 
You know, Michael Crabtree's not there any longer. You know, their pieces, and uh, and I'm not, you know, I'm not saying Crabtree's a big loss because he did get Tory Smith, but <coughs> excuse me, all in all, all in all, it's a tough situation for the Forty Nine. It's a tough situation for Jim Tomasulo. He says he's going to fix it. We'll see if he can do that. This week, this weekend, I should say, in London, the Jacksonville Jaguars, they travel over the pond along with the uh, the Buffalo Bills to play a game in London. Last year, the Jaguars went over to London. They didn't have much success. Cowboys beat them pretty good, but they're they're going back, and hopefully for them, and going back, they can avoid uh, what happened last season, and hopefully they can get a W. We're going to bring in a guy who, who's in. We did the interview earlier this week. He's in London now, but we, when we did the interview, he was stateside, and we talked about a bunch of different things, talked about this upcoming game, talked about his season. So let's bring him in. We're going to uh, play right now. Let's bring him in now, wide receiver for the Jacksonville Jaguars, Alan Hearn. Alan, how are you, man? I'm doing good. How about you? Doing well, doing well. And, and let's get right down to it, a tough loss against the Texans. You guys were up 14 to 10 in that fourth quarter. From there, it fell apart. You had two turnovers there in that fourth quarter. What went wrong for you guys? Um, yeah, man, it was tough. As you can see, fourth quarter we was up, but then like we had the turnovers, and we wasn't able to quickly recover. You know, um, things just started going downhill, and we we just had to learn how to finish games. You know, um, each game for the last three weeks, you could see we was in the game, but. We wasn't able to stay consistent and play our best ball for all four quarters. Now, your coach, Gus Bradley, felt like uh, Blake Bortles was pressing. He felt like the team was pressing. Did, did you sense that? Um, you know, um, from Blake Bortles' standpoint, you know, uh, yeah, he had three interceptions, but when when you have three interceptions, people always think it's always on the quarterback. But in situations, you could see, like, some guys just wasn't on the same page. And you can see uh, for the pick six, you can see what he was seeing. Also, you can see what Julius Thomas was seeing as well. So it's just, you know, uh, we all got to get on the same page, man. We're talking to Jaguars wide receiver Alan Hearns. And, Alan, right now, one and five. As you said, you guys have had opportunities to win the last three games. In reality, you look at it, you guys are still only two games behind the first-place Colts. Many guys are many uh, people are writing you guys off. Should they? Should they write you guys off? Oh no doubt. Um, I, I feel like no, you shouldn't at all because um, you can see the potential of where we are. And you know, uh, the coach, yeah, they're the division leaders, but they're not looking. They're not playing their best ball either right now. But you know, they've been winning the games that they that they have to. But at the end of the day, you know, um, as you can see, like we, we we're all so close in each game. Uh, we just got to play our best ball on all phases of the ball for four quarters. But, um, sure. like, we're only going to week seven. And it's a journey, man. We have a lot of games left. So I'm, I'm excited to see how we finish off. And let's talk about Blake Bortles. Obviously, he's off to a decent start, 13 touchdowns thus far. Talk about the play of Blake Bortles at this point. Oh, he's been doing a tremendous job. You know, um, you can really see the progress as far as him just taking ownership of things, uh, his decision-making, everything. You know, uh, he's taking real ownership of our offense. And there's a lot of things people don't see. But we come in the meeting rooms on Monday, 
and you see him checking protections and things like that, and that's things he wasn't doing last year. So you can really see the progress of him just taking ownership. As far as um, he playing his best ball right now, yeah, he had the three picks, but prior to that, you know, he's been doing a good job as far as taking care of the ball and also just owning the offense and getting us moving. You know, we had a problem earlier in the season uh, in the red zone, but for the last couple of times we've been doing very good in the red zone. So we just got to continue to stay consistent in everything we do. You feel like he's a franchise-caliber quarterback? Oh, most definitely. You know, um, there's a lot of great things he's doing, and he's just going to continue to improve. Um, And most definitely, it's a lot of things that people don't see. Uh, Even this past week, you know, uh, the Texans probably could have had a lot more sacks, but he's doing a great job of eluding guys and just keeping plays alive with his legs, you know. And that's why another thing was so great about him. You know, he also he allows us to uh, extend plays with his legs because, you know, he's very athletic and he makes plays with his legs as far as running or keeping scrummaging, you know. Um, it, it's been a lot of touchdowns just from him keeping plays alive and things like that. So he he's going to be great, and he's just going to continue to grow. We're talking to Jack White's wide receiver, Alan Hearns, and let's look at you. I mean, you're off to a tremendous start. You lead the team in receptions, yards, and touchdowns. Off to a great start. Why have you been so effective thus far in 2015? Um, I would probably say, you know, one thing is Coach Olsen, you know, um, his offense is very fun to play in. You know, he, he's done a great job with us as far as just moving guys around, and letting us run a whole bunch of different routes and things like that, just moving us around, finding matchups and things like that. So, man, Alan Robinson, you know, we we stayed in Jacksonville in our off season. We worked a lot, and just getting that timing down with Blake and things like that. So it's all starting to play off. And also, my receiver coach, Coach Jerry Sullivan, you know, he he's a great coach. He's always on the details, so he won't let anyone else settle for less. And he also slows the game down a lot, just because he's very hard on on us in practice, and it translates over into the game. For sure. And, and you guys, I call you the Allens, you and Allen Robertson, off to a great start. You're the first duo since 2007 with 400 yards and three touchdowns after the first five games. Plus you got Marcus Lee coming back. Do you feel like you guys can be the best wide receiver group in football? Um, most of you know, every time we step on that field, you know, we had that confidence in ourselves, you know. Once we get Marquise Lee back, it's gonna be it's gonna be very fun because you know how explosive he is. You know, as you see in the Dolphins game, if you go back and watch, uh, it's, it's like one play you can see Marquise Lee having a big catch. Then you come back and see me or Adam Robinson. And, you know, all of us we complement each other very well. So once we get all of us on the field at the same time, just keep us healthy, man. We're gonna be very exciting. We're talking to Jack White receiver. Alan Hearns, and I, I want to go back to you now, your, your, your rookie debut. You know, you, you had the best rookie debut for a wide receiver since 2003. <laughs> you, you won undrafted uh, coming out of Miami. Did that put a little chip on your shoulder going undrafted? Uh, most definitely it did. You know, um, that's always going to be with me, and that's always going to be motivation. Um, because, you know, that, that's something you work all your life for, just to see yourself getting your name called on draft day, you know, and it don't happen. So every day I still think about not getting drafted, you know, just knowing what the feeling would be like. And so that's going to always be with me. And, you know, I'm going to keep using that as motivation every time I step on that field, just take, making the most of my opportunities. For sure. And you guys now, you head to London to play the Bills. 
your second year in a row going to London last year was not a good experience against the Cowboys. What do you guys do this time around to make it a better experience against the Buffalo Bills? Uh, pretty much, you know, everybody just take this game very seriously. Yeah, we're going to London, but we can't treat it any bigger than any other game. You know, for me, um, I, I went last year and I did a lot of sightseeing because we was there the whole week. But this year, we're going up on Thursday, so we should get there Friday. And I'm not going to do too much, you know. I'm going to treat it as a regular game week as far as just getting that extra film work and things like that. So um, pretty much just, I'm not saying don't enjoy your trip, but also just know what the main objective is. So you're not going to see anything in London this time around? Nothing? No, nah, I'll probably just go out to eat with um, a c- couple of teammates. But other than that, you know, I'm, I'm not going to see any of the buildings. I've seen it last year, and it was a great experience. But uh, I'm, taking a, I'm taking a different approach this year. Okay, okay, we'll see. Have a good time, man. Find something to get out there a, a little bit, man. Get to, you know, get something <laughs> out there. <laughs> now... <laughs> Obviously, the Bills, you know, a tough defense. They get after the quarterback. Very good defense out there in Buffalo. Rex Ryan has that defense playing very very well. What have you seen thus far from that defense from the Buffalo Bills? Um, they're a very good defense. Like you said, Rex um, Ryan, he really get after the quarterback. They have a lot of blitz, blitzes and things like that. So they're very aggressive as far as on defense. You know, um, but, you know, I know everyone's going to, take it responsibility on off the line, running backs and quarterbacks, everybody just as far as uh being on the details, you know, Coach Olsen, he spends a lot of time as far as blitz pickups and things like that. So we just gotta be on it as far as knowing who's coming and how guys gonna do it with the protection schemes. So um as we on it we'll be able to handle things. Now obviously you you know you wanna make the playoffs this year and, again, you still have an opportunity to make the playoffs. Again, only two games out in the AFC South. But as a whole, do you feel like the future is bright for the Jacksonville Jaguars? Oh, most definitely. You know, um, I know that, um, that things are going to turn around very quick for us. You know, um, As you can see the progress, uh, I'm just going to talk from an offense standpoint. You know, you can really see the progress as far as us, you know, moving the ball. You know, we got a lot of guys playing well. Yeah, we had some unfortunate situations as far as guys getting injured and things like that. You know, uh, but once we get all of us on the field at the same time, man, we're going to be special. You know, we got have a lot of playmakers, and there's a lot of us that could do a lot of good things like that. So um, once we get all of us on one page and we just continue to build, man, we're, we're going to be special. And our defense standpoint, that I know the same for them. You know, they had guys down, and, you know, um, for them, you know, things are going to turn around. You know, the turnover is going to come. Yeah, we haven't had many turnovers this year, but they're going to come. For sure, for sure. Now, fans, make make sure you support this man. Hit him up on Twitter, at A1Hearns. Also, hit him up on Instagram, at A1Hearns, <laughs> and support all the great things going on with Alan Hearns. Alan, pleasure, man. Wish you nothing but the best of luck. Safe travel out there to London. Hopefully you get a victory, and let's do this again. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Alan Hearns, wide receiver for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Again, the Jaguars face the Buffalo Bills, what, 9.30 on the East Coast, 9.30 start, out there in London, you know. So it's a uh, – uh, head back to London again, heading back overseas. Jacksonville, the Jaguars going there again. 
And, again, hopefully for Alan Hearns and the Jaguars, they can come away with a victory this time around. I mean, you would hate to go all the way out to uh, – you would hate to all go all the way over London, you know, to take that long, long flight and come back with a, a loss. I mean, because that's a, that's a long, long trip home thinking about a loss. You want you want that long trip home thinking about a W. So, I mean, you know, you want to get a victory, and we'll see. If – that can happen for Alan Hearns and the Jacksonville, Jacksonville Jaguars. We thank him for stopping by. Let's go to Rick Pitino and, and Louisville and that big scandal. Obviously, there's a book out. Uh, there's a book out. Uh, the, the book is Breaking Cardinal Rules, Basketball, and the Escort Queen. You know, you got the escort who is Katina Powell. You know, she's, she's telling a story that, hey, she got between uh, 2010 and 2014, she got about $10,000. Supplying dancers and 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 girls and, and and you know having a good old time for recruits. You know, recruits. It's allegedly, obviously, she wrote a book and it's all allegedly, but she contends in this book that hey, she supplied some girls. You know, for these recruits. Hey, maybe hey, if these recruits see these girls and have a good time, maybe just maybe they'll they'll decide to 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 sign a scholarship and go to Louisville. Obviously, that's the goal and and. At the time, former graduate assistant coach Andre McGee was the one who allegedly set all these parties up, set these good times up. And, you know, as one player said, it was like a strip club. Yay, yay. You know, it was like a strip club in there. You know, these these guys going in there and, and, and you know, what, six, 17, 18-year-old kids, and, you know, they're in there and, hey, you got girls. You got girls taking their clothes off. You, you got, you know, getting favors done, things of that nature. You know, and not only, according to Powell, was it just the, the players getting taken care of, it was the, the guardians and the, the the family members of the players getting taken care of as well. And there was five players who who, who said, yeah, this happened. This, this happened. You know, and apparently, you know, this, this Powell, Katina Powell, has, has a lot of different, has a lot of evidence. You know, text messages and uh, you know, journals, phone records, all different types of things. And, and so, obviously, it's not a good look for Rick Pitino. And, and, and the bottom line, in a lot of ways, we can say whether Pitino knew or didn't know. And obviously, if he knew, it's a big-time issue. But if he didn't know, it's still a big-time issue from the standpoint that, look, you as the head of the program, you're the head of Louisville as the head coach, the head basketball coach, so as the head basketball coach, you make decisions on who you hire and who you put in position in places to, you know, push your message, to support your message, and push your message. You know, you, you basically are, you're the head of the business, but again, you're in charge of putting people in place. So if you put Andre McGee in place, and I'm Andre McGee, whether you know or don't know about it, it's a bad look on you. It's a bad look on you because you're the head. And maybe he didn't know. You know, as one player said, you know, Rick Pitino, we were with him during the day. And then we were with the whole situation at night. It was a whole other situation at night. It was all good with Pitino during the day. And at night, it was all a different situation. And, and Terry Rozier said, quote, I don't want to talk about it. 
I was already committed before I took my visit. I will say, though, Coach P, as far as the dorm situations and visits, he'd go out to eat with the recruits and their parents, and as far as after that, he wouldn't know. I can say his nose clean, his nose is clean. And here's the thing about this Katina pal. You know, maybe she's telling the truth. And I, I, I tend to believe she is because she's writing this book and she's, you know, naming people. So I, I, I believe that she is telling the truth. Otherwise, you open yourself up to a whole bunch of different situations and issues and problems. But the thing is, you're Katina pal. You you got your daughters involved too. You know your your daughters are doing things as well. So, what kind of person are you? You're, you're not the most savory. You're you're not a good person on some level because I don't want to say you're a bad person, but you're, you're pimping out your babies. You're pimping out your babies. So that's not good. That's not good at all. That's not good at all. And and, and your daughters are getting paid. To have sex with 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 uh, Louisville basketball players, your daughters. You know these are your daughters, man. It's one thing if if, if you're going to take that route, and if you want to you want to pimp yourself out. I mean, you know, prostitute your body, prostitute yourself out. If that's what you want to do, I mean, it is your body, so be it. It's not right, it's not good, but it is your body, so so be it. But from the standpoint of your babies, your children, you're involving your children in in this mess. You're involving your children. You're involving your children, man. And, you know, at this point, at this point, they're saying Powell won't be charged with anything. They're, They're saying that theoretically she could be charged with a Class A misdemeanor, but that has a statute of limitation of one year. So that's done. But there's a crime that they can go after, promoting prostitution, and that particular crime, there is no statute of limitations with that. And obviously we'll see if that happens. Obviously there is an investigation. People are investigating, and we'll see what comes up. I mean, we'll see what comes up. But obviously... You look at the situation with Katina Powell, Louisville, Rick Pitino. Again, maybe Rick Pitino didn't know. Maybe he did. But regardless, like I said, if you know or don't know, you are in charge of your program. You are in charge of who gets hired to to run your program, to recruit, you know, help you recruit. You're in charge of that. So directly, indirectly, you got to take a hit. And do I think Rick Pitino loses his job? I don't know. We'll see what comes out of this moving forward. But Andre McGee right now, he's not in a good situation. He's most definitely not in a good situation. You know, he resigns from his uh, assistant coaching job at uh, Missouri, Kansas City, at University of Missouri, Kansas City. He resigned from that job. So, it's 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 a tough situation for him, and at this point, Rick Pitino skipping media sessions, so it's a tough situation for him. <coughs> Excuse me. So, th- the bottom line is, it's going to be interesting to see what comes of this. 
It's going to be interesting to see how this shakes out, whether, you know, in terms of Patino, um, what what happens with him. Will he continue to run this program? Will he continue to be the coach of this, uh, Louisville? In, in terms of Andre McGee and what's going to happen with him, will there be any type of criminal charges with him and Katina Powell? We'll, we'll see what happens there. And, you know, obviously Katina Powell's pissed off a lot of people. You know, there's a lot of people in Kentucky, none too happy about what Katina Powell has just done. You know, she, she's obviously blown up this Louisville program at this point. She's blown it up. She most definitely has blown this up. So it's an issue. It's a problem. And, and the, 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 we're wondering now what will come of it. And, and that should be interesting moving forward. But, again, end of the day, you're in charge of the program, Rick Patino. You put people in position and places aces in their places, and you put, uh, uh, you know, Andre McGee in a situation to to be in charge or help with the recruiting process. And, you know, on on some level, maybe Andre McGee has let you down. Not some level. Obviously, Andre McGee has let you down. And obviously, your program is going to be – I mean, you you look at, you know, Joe Paterno, and, and, you know, maybe it's just plausible deniability when it comes to Rick Pitino. You know, you, I do my thing during the day with the recruits. You do your thing at night. You know, and, and I mean, it's not surprising. Is this surprising? No. I mean, you hear people say, well, this doesn't necessarily go on in terms of where you're hiring escorts and strippers and things of that nature. But, you know, when, when you're going to recruiting visits and things of that nature, I'm sure guys are being hooked up with various women, various girls. You know, they're they're being hooked up. You know, obviously they're trying to do whatever they can to get those people to go to that particular college. So you're hooking them up. You're you're you're, you're throwing a girl or two at them. You know, that that's not. You know what? Uh, he got game. We saw that. You know what I mean? I mean, so I think a lot of that stuff goes on. And you know, I can't. I never been recruited. I never been in the process. So I can't say definitively what goes on in terms of uh, you know if strippers are brought in and things of that nature. But hey, this is it's a dirty game. It, it's a dirty game. You know, you 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 get it's a dirty game, and you know all a lot of dirt goes on in a dirty game. So you know it's going to be interesting to see what happens, and we'll see if if, if Patino can survive it. You know, I know he survived one scandal. See if he can survive another. That will time will be the judge of that. I think he survives. The but well, I can't. You know, I'm not going to say anything. I don't know what he's going to do because I have to see. Um, what happens with uh, the investigation and have to see what else is uncovered in this particular situation. But I I, I don't respect Katina Powell. I I just don't. I mean, I know she's telling, I think she's telling the truth, but I don't respect her because I don't respect what she did with her, her daughters. And she's basically, you know, turning her daughters out. You know, you're, you're, you're putting your daughter in, in, in your business and your daughter's, you know, doing, you know, various sex acts and things of that nature, that, I can't ride with you. I, I mean, you're, whether your story's true or not true, it's not cool. I mean, you, this is your daughter's. You, you, this is your daughter's that you're, you're, you're putting out there. That can't be cool. That, that, there's nothing cool about it. These are your daughters. Your daughters. And so, 
I don't know how anybody can have respect for Katina Powell. You know, she's she's going over the play, various places, and you know, she's on the View, she's on Good Morning America, she's on a bunch of different radio shows, and and, and she's pushing and promoting this book. And you know, there is no shame to her game. Basically, she has no shame. I mean, she's with. You know, her. she's pimping out her babies. She's turning her, help, turning her babies out, her daughters. And instead of telling them to get an education, and, and, and instead of telling them to get some type of, of, of credential, she's basically telling them, use what you got to get what you want. And that's what what you got is your body, and what you want is is I guess money, fame. I mean, this book is obviously going to give her a level of fame, and may give her a level of money. Obviously, the party's not Andre McGee gave her some money, so it should be very interesting. Again, what happens? But Katina Powell, I got nothing but no respect for you. I don't respect you. I don't uh, uh, this. I don't agree with you, and what you did. But I get it. It's the American way, you know. This is a capitalistic society, and, and so she's going to do what she's got to do to make as much money as possible. This is capitalism, and it's Katina Powell is being a capitalist. She's using, I guess, what she believes is her greatest asset, which is her body and the body of her children. To make some money. Not cool. Not a good situation. Not a good situation at all. Let's switch gears now and go back to the NFL. Peyton Manning. And, you know, the, the struggles continue for Peyton Manning. I bet you if you t- if I would have told you that Peyton Manning, after seven weeks in the National Football League, the league in interception, you would have told me I was crazy. Peyton Manning has, has fallen off, and the fall off continues. The fall off is is... is is bad. You know, if if it wasn't for that great defense, the Chris Harris, the Devon Millers, the 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 uh the Demarcus Ware, the T J Ward, the Keep Talibs of the world, the Trevathans of the world, you know, this Denver Bronco team would be in some trouble. I mean Peyton Manning, the great Peyton Manning, is not great no more. You know, Peyton Manning, seven touchdowns Ten interceptions, flutter ball after flutter ball, bad decision after bad decision, you know. And and now, at this point, the Broncos though they're six and zero, they're six and zero that you're not necessarily you, you got a lot of questions about. They're six and zero that you think and say, you know what, this is six and zero football team, but there are holes here, there are holes there, there are holes everywhere. I mean, Peyton Manning, two more interceptions, one of those interceptions in overtime, one interception was was returned for a touchdown, and another was in overtime. So one led to a touchdown, another could have led to them losing the game to the Cleveland Browns. But thank goodness you have that defense. Thank goodness that defense rescued you. Otherwise, otherwise, you would be in some serious trouble. Otherwise, six and zero could be four and two or three and three. 
I mean, you probably should have lost to the Cleveland Browns on Sunday. You probably should have lost to the Browns on Sunday. Um, you probably got lucky. You probably should have lost to the Kansas City Chiefs in week two. Probably. You barely escaped against the Oakland Raiders if it wasn't for a Chris Harris uh, 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 return for a touchdown, interception return for a touchdown. You escaped that one as well. You're doing a lot of escaping. And you're, you're doing some escaping against not so very good teams. Cleveland Browns, sub-500 football team. The Ravens are a sub-500 football team. The Chiefs are a sub-500 football team. The Lions, sub-500 football team. Vikings are 500. Vikings are the only team that's, you know, over that mark. Raiders and Browns are sub-500 teams. So you look at the teams that they beat, and we can talk about the Carolina Panthers and their schedule and who they beat, other than, you know, they beat the Seattle Seahawks this week, last week. But other than that, they haven't beaten anybody but the Broncos. Other than you can look at the schedule, other than the Minnesota Vikings, every other team on that list, you know, you got the one-win Lions and the one-win Chiefs and the one-win Ravens. That's three teams there. And you got the two-win uh, Raiders and the two-win uh, Cleveland Browns. So you haven't really beat a lot of good football teams thus far. And so you're playing bad football against some bad teams, and you're barely getting by. I mean, barely getting by. You know, you're barely getting by. And your quarterback, Peyton Manning, leads the league of interceptions. At some point, at some time, this Bronco team, they're they're going to run into some trouble. And, you know, if Peyton Manning does not shake out of this funk, if, if, if Peyton Manning does not improve, this could be a tough situation for the Denver Broncos. This, they're six and zero, but this is not a Super Bowl team for me. I'm sorry, you're six and zero, but your quarterback is just not good enough. And I was so bad wanted to at the beginning of the season. I wanted to say this was the year that Peyton Manning finally falls off. A la Brett Favre. You know Brett Favre. You remember that year he had 33 touchdowns, seven interceptions, and then from there he fell off. Brett Favre fell off. And Brett Favre, that year, the, the next year, after he had that big year, he fell off and he fell off big time. I mean, he stunk. He stunk to join up. He played horribly. You know, and, and he wasn't the guy that we saw the year before. And I'm thinking that we're seeing that with Peyton Manning. I, I think we're seeing a guy who aged and some injury, has finally caught up to him. It's finally caught up to him. And so, you know, I said two interceptions, three interceptions against the Cleveland Browns. So age has finally caught up to Peyton Manning. And because age has finally caught up to Peyton Manning, even though that defense is big time in Denver, there's no way this team is good enough to win a Super Bowl because you need a franchise quarterback to win a Super Bowl. And reality is Peyton Manning is not playing like a franchise quarterback. Seven touchdowns to ten interceptions. That's not a franchise quarterback, in my opinion, at this point in his career. Obviously, Peyton Manning's a Hall of Famer. Obviously, Peyton Manning's one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. 
But at this point, it's evident, it's obvious that Peyton Manning is a quarterback on the decline and a quarterback that may not break out of this funk that he's in. He could just be done. Father time wins all the time. Going to bring in a guy now who knows about the NFL inside and out. Let's bring him in now, Hall of Famer, Willie Rofe. Willie. How you doing? How are you? I got to beg to differ with you on that, on your statement. If Peyton Manning is going to play better, he's been turning it over a lot early, and they're still undefeated. As long as he stops turning the ball over, I think they'll be okay. If you look at what happened in 2000 with the Baltimore Ravens, when they hit Trent Dilfer, he wasn't the franchise quarterback, Paul. He just didn't turn the ball over. I mean, he, made, he threw the ball. I don't even know who the receiver was. I know they had uh, Shannon Chop um, went up there for a couple of years before he went back to Denver. But uh, uh, Trent Dilfer was, was smart with the football and didn't turn it over. And the defense is as good as the Broncos' defense is if they stay healthy. I think as, as long as he, he's, he gets more comfortable with that system, stop turning the ball over, that defense is, is, is creating turnovers and making all kind of plays all over the field. If they continue to do that, they'll be fine, but Payton's got to stop turning the ball over. And, and you know, to your point, I mean, they had Quadri Ishmael, I believe Brandon Stokely, uh, Shannon Sharp. But let me let me let me say this to you, and and let's just look at their schedule. You know, they're six and zero, but only team on here that they've beaten with a with a five hundred with a plus five hundred record was the Minnesota Vikings. I mean, they beat the one win Baltimore Ravens. They beat the one win Kansas City Chiefs. They beat the one win Detroit Lions, and they beat the two win uh, Oakland Raiders and the two win Cleveland uh, Browns. And you know, football games that they should have lost. And at some point. You know, it's not like Peyton Manning didn't play good. It's not like Peyton Manning was, was playing good at the end of last season. He struggled, too. I know there some injuries involved, but 39 is 39 at some point. You know, it catches up to you. And, and I was – here's my thing with it. I look – I remember Brett Favre, and he had that 33 touchdown, seven interception season, big-time season, a, a couple plays away from going to the Super Bowl. And then that next year, he just fell off, and he fell off big time. And I'm thinking – I'm seeing the same thing with Peyton Manning. I mean, we'll see what happens because we've got, we've got a lot of football to be played. But, you know, the next two weeks we should learn some, some interesting things about the Denver Broncos. Week eight, they got the Green Bay Packers. And then after that, they go to Indy, Indy, uh, they go to Indy to play the Colts. So it should be interesting. I mean, but I, I got my doubts, and I don't think this is a Super Bowl team. It's Super Bowl defense, but I don't think they have a Super Bowl quarterback. And I don't think Frank, Peyton, Manning is, Peyton Manning is no longer a franchise quarterback. He has become, I think, in my opinion, a game manager at this point, and he's not even doing that right because he's throwing the interceptions left and right. Yeah, but some of those, some of those interceptions, he's got, he's got, he's got to look at those defenses. I mean, some of those with those linebackers dropping back, he's got to get better at that. I mean, I mean, he's learning a new system. He's running different plays. Uh, Paul, he's not gonna, he's not gonna continue to throw those picks when those linebackers are dropping back, mixing and mixing up those coverages. He's got to see that. Now, some interceptions down throwing the ball down the field, I can understand. But when they when they start dropping back his own blitzing and all that, he's got to see those linebackers dropping back and doing, doing those type of stuff. So I don't think he's gonna he's gonna continue to turn the ball the way he is. I will say this: Let's go into the second half of the season, and I think he turns this around. I think he ends up throwing more touchdowns than interceptions this year. And, and I'm I'm interested to see. You know, you still got Green Bay on the schedule. You still got Indy. You still got New England. 
You still have uh, Cincinnati. You still have Pittsburgh. You know, pretty good football teams. You know, you still have to play moving forward. And going to Trent Dilfer, 2000, that 2000 season, he started eight games for the uh, Baltimore Ravens, only 11, uh, 11 interceptions. At this point, Peyton Manning has 10 interceptions, and this is after, what, six games. So, you know, Trent Dilfer has protected the football better than Peyton Manning, you know, in in that 2000 season. So, I mean, we'll see what happens. Like you said, there's still some football to be played. But He only started eight games, too, now. Let's count that in. Uh, yeah, that's true. But we're, we're just looking at Peyton Manning after six. He's got ten interceptions. This is after six games. And I don't think we've seen anything that can lead us to believe that he's going to turn around. We'll see. I mean, we'll see. But it's it's, it's a tough – you know, no one likes to see – you hate to see – like, it was like Michael Jordan when he came back with the Wizards. And obviously he wasn't the Michael Jordan of old. He still could ball, but it wasn't but Michael Jordan. But he still was playing good. What are you talking about? But he still was – he's the oldest guy scored the most points in, like, 40. I mean, wasn't he averaging about 20 points? Yeah, but it still wasn't the Michael Jordan you remember. It still wasn't the athletic Michael Jordan – he lost the athleticism. He still had the jumper, but there was obviously some things that he couldn't do. I mean, Paul Pierce was talking trash to him and, you know, giving him the business back then, you know, during when he came back for the Wizards at that time. <laughs> Excuse me. I see that with Peyton Manning. You know, you, you, you hate to see greatness not be great anymore, and I think we're seeing that with Peyton Manning. But one guy we're not seeing that with is Tom Brady. I mean, Tom Brady obviously is playing some big-time football Tom Brady's getting it done. New England Patriots getting it done. And the Patriots are playing with a chip on their shoulder. Tom Brady said, you know what? I can play or I want to play another 10 years. Um, obviously, he's 38 at this point, And I don't think he's going to play another 10 years. But is it possible Tom Brady could play another 10 years? No, no. You know, just like just like Drew Brees was talking a couple of years about two, a couple of years ago, he wanted to play the forty-five. You know, you can't play in the football, that's the football league that long. Uh, Tom Brady is playing excellent football, but like you said, a year and a half ago, uh, Paul, look at Peyton, Peyton Manning's numbers. I mean, he had huge numbers a year and a half ago. They were talking about how great he was playing just a year and a half ago. So when that decline comes and when it changes, it changes fast. I mean, and Tom Brady came in the league. He backed up for a year or two. He's played a lot of football. I mean, he's been starting since, you know, I think he won the Super Bowl in 01. So, I mean, it's been, it's been 15 years that he's been playing quarterback. I mean, I, I say he's got two or three years left in him, but you want to say 10 years, no, I'm not going to say he's going to be able to play another 10 years. Well, let me ask you this, you know, just looking at yourself, your body, when did you realize, what, what age did you retire? Uh, I was 35, going on 36. When did you realize that you weren't the same player? What age were you saying, well, I, I don't think I can do this the way I, I want to I was trying to come back the next year, Paul. My body wasn't feeling good. It, just, it was like that. I mean, I was I was hurting those last couple of years, and then, and then, uh, you know, I turned 36 that, the year after, after my 13th season. I wanted to come back one more year, but uh, I wasn't feeling good. So that's why I decided to shut it down. It was just, it was just time. We're talking to Hall I mean, of Famer. You, 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 you understand, Paul, during the season, you, especially all linemen, when you take anti-inflammatories during the week, you're getting your massages and so, and so on and so forth. And then every game day you're taking um, – Back then, they gave us Toradol shots. Well, soon as the season's over, you you cut all that stuff cold turkey. So you come back home, wherever you live, 
and you stop, you know, getting all the massages, you stop getting all the treatment, you stop getting all the, uh, uh, you know, taking anti-inflammatories towards the floor, towards because you don't want to take them year round, and you're not getting those shots every every week. So your body, your body, especially when you get older, your body does a crash and burn, and it takes a while for you to just to start feeling good because you've been doing all this stuff just to play football throughout the year, and after, after the season's over, you're trying to cut all that cold turkey. Well, that's an adjustment to your body. We're talking to Hall of Famer Willie Ropen. Let, let me ask you this now. In, in the Seattle Seahawks last night, you know, they got back on the good foot, winning 20-3. to You know, there's a team now 3-4, and four, a game and a half behind the Arizona Cardinals and the MC West. I mean, they had some struggles, obviously, when it comes to losing fourth-quarter leads. But I, I look at it this way, you know, you, you obviously, had, you know, you're obviously putting yourself in position to win football games, and probably the best part of your team, your defense, has let you down on a few occasions. I, I think that's going to be corrected ultimately, and I think Seattle's still a big-time playoff football team and a team that, if certain things go right, can still get back to the Super Bowl. But do you see the Seahawks turning this thing around ultimately? Well, uh They've been struggling offensively too, right, Paul? I mean, look at the number. I don't think I don't think uh, Russell Wilson is playing as good this year as he's played in the past. So I and and I know Marshawn Lynch has been hurt this year. So it's been kind of a, you know, I think they're I think they're going through a little bit of a transition, Paul, where uh, you know they're going to figure out with scheming wise what they're going to do with Jimmy Graham. They're still figuring that out. You know, the coordinator, you know, they're figuring out who they're going to. Receivers, I mean, I don't see him stretching the field. You know, the one thing about Russell Wilson was he would use his legs, but he would go down the field and throw some, some long balls, you know, every time, and he'll hit you deep. So, I mean, I, I don't know if you look at the numbers, if they're stretching the field like they were in the past, but offensively they got to play better too, and they got to be able to run the ball. And everything everything they did in the past was running the ball to set up that play action, and if they can't run the ball, then they're not going to be able to set up the play action. So, I think they got a few few things on both sides of the ball that they're dealing with right now that they that they weren't dealing with in in a couple of years past. And, and also, to, you know, you look at they're not protecting Russell Wilson. He's, he's uh, getting sacked most in the league. Gets got sacked. He's getting he's been sacked a, a league high thirty one times. So that's a lot of sacks for a quarterback to take. And obviously, you continue to take that many sacks, your body might not hold up. We know Russell Wilson has been the model of durability, you know what, plays 16 games each and every year. So, you know, he, he's been the, the model uh, of durability and has been durable. And, and this is a guy who runs the ball a lot, and he still finds a way to be durable and still finds a way to stand upright. How, how about on the other side, the 49ers? I mean, obviously, you know, they were playing – Kaepernick had played a couple good games, but then he stunk to join up again last night. It, it's just something missing with him. Something Something's not – well, I mean, he was getting hit. He was getting sacked a lot too last night. I mean, he did. I think it's something missing with that team, Paul. I, don't, I think it's more than him. And I mean, I, I guess based off of what happened this off season with all the guys that they lost, all the retirements, you know, Patrick Willis, you know, Justin Smith, Alden Smith, you know, the, 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 the list tackle, is all The tackle retired. I mean, that tackle retired. He wasn't like twenty five years old. I mean, 25, 26 years old, Anthony Davis, and then you had Davis, the linebacker yeah. retire who just played one year. Right. I mean, it's understandable. And then, and then you, lost the, you lost the guard who's hurt to uh, the first-round pick to, 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 to Samoan. You lost him to Arizona. He he started from the last couple of years, so they lost a lot of guys. And 
you talk about Empati, Michael Empati. Michael Empati, yeah. And then obviously Anthony Davis as well, who retired. You know, it's going to, we'll, we'll see. I mean, I, you still think Colin Kaepernick is still a big time quarterback in this league? I, I think he has position. I, I think he has potential to be. They got to get somebody in there that's going to work with him, Paul. They need to get a quarterback guy that's going to work with him, that's going to help him, and it's going to be there not just in the off season. That's going to be there with him year round. Or, or, or who I don't know who the coordinator is. If they kept the coordinator, or, or they got to get, they got. I mean, they might need to get a new coordinator in there. I don't know how how have they been running the ball. Have they been able to run the ball this year consistently? I, I, I remember the first game they did. I don't know if they ran it since then. I know they've had success with Carlos Hyde throughout the year running the football, hide 470 yards at this point in the season. So he's had some success running the ball for the San Francisco 49ers. But, you know, obviously they got to continue to run the ball, and obviously they have to be able to keep Colin Kaepernick upright. But Colin Kaepernick also has to be able to throw the ball from the pocket effectively, and he hasn't done that. I, I want to ask you this. I want to ask you this. You look at the Washington Redskins now, and we look at, their quarterback situation, and a lot of people are, are starting to criticize uh, uh, Jay Gruden and the, the, the way he's handling the quarterback situation. I mean, I, I think if, if Kirk Cousins was RG3, Kirk Cousins would have already been on the bench at this point. I mean, he's he, he had some decent moments, but Kirk Cousins is always going to be Kirk Cousins at the end of the day. And, you know, six touchdowns to eight interceptions, so he's really – not protecting the football, you're you're two and four, you know he had that pick six against against Atlanta where they took it to the house and that was the end of that game. He had two picks last week against the Jets, two picks the week before against the Falcons. You know there's a, four out of uh, the six games he's played, he's been intercepted twice. So if I, I look at this and I'm saying if Kirk Cousins was RG three. RG3 would have already been on the bench at this point. And, and for the life of me, I, I'm you know, RG3 has had his issues, but I think RG3 is a better quarterback than Kirk Cousins, and I think he gives the Redskins the best possibility to win. Do you agree with that? You know, I would agree that, I mean, when RG3 was in there last year, he wasn't playing good at times either, Paul. Sure. I, I, mean, I, don't, I, don't, I don't know why they kept RG3. I, I, I believe I believe they should, I believe both I believe they should let the other, uh, who, who's the other court, McCoy I let McCoy, the other guy McCoy. play if RG three ain't playing good I mean if if if, if Kirk Cousins ain't playing good and you don't want to play RG play RG three because you're afraid of him getting hurt because of that sixteen million dollars on that next year then you should let him go I mean why keep right. a guy and pay him five million dollars if you're not even going to utilize him. I think RG3 should have been playing before now. If you're going to pay a guy $5 million and he was your franchise quarterback, then the way Cousins is playing, he should have already been playing some in, in some of these games. But I don't understand why they even kept him. And, I, I mean, yeah, it's almost like you almost should let him go if you're not going to give him a shot. Because I don't I don't think RG can, RG3 can be this bad. I mean, the, the, you know, Kirk Cousins hasn't protected the football. Well, he's never really – protected the football well throughout the time he's gotten opportunities to play. I mean, I thought we saw enough of Kirk Cousins last season to realize that he is an average quarterback. He's just an average quarterback. And because he's just an average quarterback, you know, he's he is who he is. And, uh, you know, we saw an RG3 do dynamic things that rookie season. We haven't seen it since, 
But we see saw a guy who's who's done dynamic things. I don't think we've well, seen a guy. Well, I think this is the best thing for RG three, Paul, because RG three gets to sit back, really get a chance to practice and rest that body up. He's not getting out there beat up on every Sunday, so he gets to, he gets a year to make some good money. He gets to rest his body up, and he gets to sit there and learn and really watch and learn and watch the game. And when he goes somewhere somewhere else, he'll have that that year of experience where he got to sit and watch. He never got a chance to do that when he came to the league, but he's going to have to learn. And, and, and while he's practicing and doing the scout team and stuff, he can work on staying in the pocket more and not running as much as he did when he was younger and using his legs as much more. So I think this, this, this year – it's really a year for RG3 to learn, to watch, and uh, rest that body up. Just like you saw what happened with Michael Vick when he had a chance to rest up. And then this year he played pretty good when he got in there. Now, he's not going to be able to play 16 games for you, but Michael Vick can come in and give you, you know, three or four quality games if somebody gets hurt, you know, before. And he got and he now now he's dinged up. But he gave uh, Pittsburgh, you know, three or four quality starts, at least three you know, at least they had a chance to win the game, and he played pretty good. Let me ask you this, and we'll get out on this. Johnny Menzel, you know, there is a call that maybe he should be sat down, put on the exempt list, a la Greg Hardy, a la Adrian Peterson, who was put on the exempt list last season because of their issues and their transgressions. Do you think at this point, if you're the Cleveland Browns, you know, we, he went to rehab uh, the first year after his rookie season, he now has an issue, a little domestic violence situation with his his girlfriend. Uh, you know, we don't. You know, there's there's reports out there that he did uh, lay hands on her. She did say that he laid some hands on her. Um, at this point, if you're the Cleveland Browns, is, is he really worth the headache? I mean, he, it, it, it's not like he's you know really showed a lot. It's not like we. I don't think he's. A, I, I think he's very. He's average at best. Average to below average to not even being an NFL quarterback. I think if I'm the Cleveland Browns, I would just be done with him. And I, I you know, I, I don't know how you can ever trust him after year one and after year two. So if I'm the Cleveland Browns, I think I'd be done with him. You think? Would you be done with him if you're the Cleveland Browns? You know, I'm not going to say that just yet. We don't know what happened in that car situation and the you know with her. You know, from what they're saying, well, obviously he was driving way too fast if he's going 90 miles an hour. But from when she said that he touched her, what what he was saying was he was trying to grab her arm because she was trying to get out of a moving vehicle. So if she's trying to get out of a moving vehicle, then he should have just pulled over and, and either let her out and calm down or, or, you know, done something. Just, you know, let her out the car and not be trying to drive 90 miles to the house. And, you know, I, I am... I don't like the fact that he was drinking. If he left rehab, he shouldn't have been drink Even if he had a one or two drinks, he shouldn't have been drinking during the day anyway if he, if he just <laughs> left rehab. And we don't know if she's telling the truth or not, or, or they get pulled over, and now she's trying to make – she's mad at him and trying to make him look bad, Paul, and just saying stuff. So, uh, you know, I don't think that was a big incident. And we give – you know, I think the kid deserves – you know, a chance. He's still he's still learning, and uh, outside of that incident, you know, which which shouldn't have happened. I mean, he's pretty much kept his nose clean all this year. You know, you haven't heard anything about him, and he played. He did when he got in that game. He played. He did do a good job, and they uh, won that football game early in the year. So I, I I think the jury is still out on Manziel. 
you know, how good a quarterback he's going to be, uh, we really can't say yet, Paul. He he, he hadn't he had played enough for us to, to say. But just like what you're saying about RG3, we've seen RG3 playing, and he was not the same quarterback when he came back. And, 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 and I don't think he had the confidence he had before, you know, when he came back. So, like I said, if Cutler's didn't play good, you're not going to let RG3 play. Put McCoy in there. Put the other quarterback in For there. Sure. So, somebody's got to do something. Because, I mean, I don't even know if RG3 is even dressing in these games. No, he's not. So, I mean, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. Like, and I'm going to play devil's advocate a little bit here. I look at We look at Ray Rice, right? I mean, before that incident, Ray Rice was a, a guy in the community doing big-time things in the community. He was highly regarded by a lot of people. And the video comes out, and, you know, obviously we all know the backlash and all the people coming out and saying, you know, he should never play football again, blah, 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 blah. I, I feel like, you know what, if, if a guy like Ray Rice can't get another opportunity, and I know one reason he can't get an opportunity because we have a video, but if he can't get another opportunity, why a guy like Johnny Manziel who hasn't done it on this level, who had issues year one in terms of commitment and things of that nature, and has this issue, I I, I feel like that it's it's very unfair. Like I feel like it is very unfair, but it is what it is. But I feel like if Ray Rice can't get another opportunity, I don't know why Johnny Manziel still has an opportunity to play with the Cleveland Browns. I mean, I don't know. That, to me, it just seems unfair. Well, Paul, nobody, nobody said he punched the girl. Nobody said he hit the girl. I mean, what, what did she say he did to her? So he said, we, we don't know what happened in the car. He's saying that he was trying to keep her in the car because she was trying to get out of the car. Obviously, they were arguing, but I, I'm not. He didn't punch the girl and knock the girl out. Second, second of all, Ray Rice was on the decline. Johnny Football was their first-round pick two or three years ago. I mean, he's still the first-round pick. You just don't want to give him away and let him go somewhere and start playing and playing good football. You know, you want to give the kid a chance to develop. But, I mean, he was the first-round pick in the draft. He was highly talented and was a, a great college football player. So they're going to give the kid another shot because he was drafted so high. If anything, you know, you, you, want, to, you want to set him down, you might try to trade him and at least get something for him. But you're right. just not going to cut him at this point. And we'll we'll see what happens moving forward. And, and speaking of Ray Rice, there is a report out there that there is a team that has serious interest in Ray Rice, 28 years old. I hope he gets another opportunity. We'll see. And and I don't believe Johnny Menzel should be exempt at this point. I, I believe that let an investigation go. Let's see what happens before you do anything. And I, I think, you know, we, we do have a rush to judgment. And, you know, we're so quick to say, you know, this is what happened. And we take one side, and we don't listen to the other side. So, I mean, I don't think anybody – I don't think he should be exempt. I don't think Adrian Peterson should have been exempt uh, last season. And, quite frankly, I don't think Greg Hardy should have been exempt as well. But they were all business decisions in a lot of ways with the NFL. So, I get it. I understand it. But you, I, I have a problem with people setting guys, sitting guys down before they're even convicted or before they're any type of trial or anything. I have a problem with that. But it is what it is. Willie, pleasure, man. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Hall of Famer, Willie Rofe. And it was great to get his insight. Um, 
I want to I want to go to baseball real quick. Baseball now. How about the the New York Mets? I mean, if you would have told me back in 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 August, July that the Mets would be in this position that they're in the World Series, I would have told you you're crazy. You know, Cespedes is added to the mix. I mean, they're they're big time. You know, we always talked about the young arms they had: Syndergaard, uh, Degrom, Harvey. We talked about the young arms, but Daniel Murphy, six straight home runs, six home runs, six straight games. You know, he was big time. He was amazing. He made a tremendous plays for the New York Mets. The New York Mets, an improbable sweep of the Chicago Cubs, didn't expect it to be that easy. You know, you thought it was going to be a fairly long series. It wasn't. It was quick. It was to the point. Now the Mets are off to the World Series. They're waiting for either, either the Blue Jays or the Royals, and I don't want to count the Blue Jays out because we saw what the Blue Jays did to the Texas Rangers. But you look at the New York Mets, and this is uh, uh, improbable story. And and we we talked to what a few months ago we were talking about maybe Matt Harvey doesn't pitch in the playoffs and all that stuff, and he's doing big time work in the playoffs. And it goes back, I, I think about the, the Nationals that year with Steven Strasburg. When you win 98 baseball games, you have the best record in baseball. You sit down, you're, you're one of your big time pitchers in that series in the playoffs, with the hope of protecting him and saving him uh, for you know, next season and beyond. But the reality is, and, and, and saving him for next season and beyond, what happened is you didn't win when you had an opportunity to win. You didn't take advantage of the opportunity when you had it in the playoffs. So it goes back to this. When you have an opportunity in the playoffs and you're there in the playoffs and you can win in the playoffs and you have a big-time baseball team, go for it. Don't sit down. Don't be stupid. And we know what happened to the Nationals. They never got they got back to the playoffs, but you know, they never got to the World Series and they never won a title at this point. Not to say they won't, but at this point in time it hasn't happened. And so we'll see if it does happen ultimately for the Nationals, but it, it just makes me think about what they did in sitting down. Steven Strasburg. What a mistake, what a mistake, what a mistake. We're going to go change, switch gears now. We're going to bring in a guy now who, who's doing big things with Tyler Perry's hit series, If Loving You Was Wrong, big-time show, doing big-time ratings on OWN. Tyler Perry has another hit after hit after hit. Let's bring him in now. Let's bring him in now. One of the stars of Tyler Perry's hit series, If Loving You Was Wrong, the one, the only actor, Joel Rush. Joel, how are you, man? Hey, man, what's going on, brother? How are you? Doing well. Thanks for joining us. Yeah, I, thanks for having me on, man. I'm always down to talk a little sports. <laughs> Before we get to the sports, let, let, let's talk about the show. Season three has started for as love of you is wrong. I mean, it, it started with a bang. I mean, the baby looks black. Your character is still crooked. <laughs> People still cheating left and right. I mean, did I cover it all? Hey, man, you covered everything that's going on in the neighborhood. <laughs> yep, yep. The baby, the baby, the baby's definitely black, man. That that popped the top off everything. <laughs> I mean, Good you gotta, you you gotta, you gotta feel for him. I mean, you gotta feel for the character. You know, you, you <laughs> your baby's black, so you know it's not yours. Hey, man. Yeah, you 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 really don't need a paternity test at that point, do you? <laughs> not yeah, at it all. Was good. 
I tell you what, what, I don't know where – I really – I don't even know where Tyler comes up with this stuff. I mean, it it cracks me up. It it, it cracks me up. The storylines really get crazy this year. and We just had such a great time filming it, and there's not a better guy in the world to work for. So, yeah, it's been – the success of the show has been a blessing to all. Let's talk about your character now, Cricket Cop Eddie. I mean, I'm I'm not really a big fan of him. You know, I would I would love to choke you. You shouldn't be. You shouldn't be. <laughs> what should we expect from him during this season? I mean, he's still going to be up to his crooked ways. Oh man, I don't think Eddie ever turns down. I'll tell you that. Um, at the end of last season, at the season two finale, it looked like I had really come to terms with terms with my demons and was going back to Esperanza and trying to get things right with my daughter. And then I've, if anybody's already started watching season three, I mean, for me to start out episode one by shooting somebody's hand off, I mean, just, <laughs> I don't know where, I don't know where you go from there, man. No, I mean, he's still up to his same old tricks. Yeah, he's, he's, he's Eddie is, is, is up to no good and he is no good. And hopefully Eddie will get found out at some point, but we'll see as the uh, season three progresses. How does this role come about for you? You know, this role for me is uh, really something that's completely out of the blue because I was on a direct TV commercial. By the grace of God, Tyler Perry, of all people, walks through his living room and sees me on a on a direct TV commercial. That's how I got the initial audition. I still had to go through the whole callback process and table read process and everything else that we have to do before actually booking the show. But, yeah, the initial interest and in, how he saw me was off a direct TV commercial of all things. Oh wow! And, and basically, it was not love at first sight, but he he knew he wanted you as a as a part of this show. I mean, I think that he had a he thought that my look was in line with this character of Edward that he had been writing up. So okay. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing to tell you the truth, <laughs> but. Uh, but however it was, you know, I mean, it really worked out, and it's, it's changed my life. It's been great. For sure. Do you think you look like a crooked cop? You know what? Maybe, maybe with the little – maybe I should quit parting the hair so hard to the left. Okay. 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 Uh, maybe, maybe, maybe it's just the hair part. You know, everybody, everybody sees the part of the hair like, oh, there's the cop. <laughs> We're talking to one of the stars of If Loving You Was Wrong, actor Joel Rush. And, and Joel, your pet bulldog, Ted. Uh, made it on set as well. Talk about that. Hey, man, Ted, Ted is my proudest moment of anything that's ever happened on set. And just the fact that, that he's allowed to be on set, he's really became, become basically the little mascot of Tyler Perry Studios. And, yeah, there was just an opportunity. There was a dog in the scene, and it was a no-brainer, man. Uh, Tyler pulled some strings, and, and Ted got four episodes under his belt. So, okay. Ted, him right now, man, we're, all, we're proud of you, buddy. <laughs> is Ted cashing a check as well? You know what? Ted, Ted's got a little. Ted's got twelve hundred in the bank account. I'm not gonna lie to you. Okay. All right. All <laughs> yeah. Right. So right. he's paying for them own, his own vet bills, all his medication. That's on him. <laughs> now let, let, let's go. I know you played football in college. You played at Butler University in college, so you know the game of football. Let's go to your Indianapolis Colts. I know you're from the Indiana area. Your Colts, I mean, we, we saw one of the craziest, stupid, dumbest, idiotic plays ever. I mean, it, it's, it goes up there as one of the worst plays we've yeah, seen. Yeah. What yeah. was your reaction when you saw that? 
the fact that we were even in the game, because I had just gotten myself mentally prepared for, for the whooping that was about to take place on Sunday night. And then when we came out and just started balling, and, and Edelman gave up, the, gave up the ball for the pick six, I thought we, we might really make a miracle happen. And then it's just one of those things, you know, when the play hat, you're just like, really, man? Come on, man. <laughs> so, I mean, so, it, yeah, there's really not much else you can say. We all saw the play between the Michigan kid and, and our fake yeah. punt. I mean, I feel sorry for the Michigan kid because he, at the end of the day he's just a kid. But come on, man. Come on, man. I mean, but if yeah. not, you know, going to the Michigan play, all he had to do was just lay on the football. Lay down. I mean, yeah, it's all Lay down. Do. But he panicked. Yeah, he I mean, panicked. And, and, and to our into our play, and just it, it's a it's a one a one score game. I mean, just you know, you're not going to get the ball over right there. I don't know. What, I don't know, man. I don't know. That was it was hard to watch. It was it was hard to watch. So I was pulling yeah, for hardball I mean, as well. Yeah, that was rough. That was a that was a rough play. You feel, like you said, you feel for the kicker. I know he's been getting a lot of things thrown at him. Because of the situation, I mean, at the end of the day, it's only sports. But you know, sports is is, is life for a lot of people. So, you know, it, it comes with the territory, I guess. You guys, the Colts, three and three in the AFC South, on top of the AFC South. Fortunately for you, you play in one of the worst divisions in football. But you're three and three on top of the AFC South. More than likely, you probably win the AFC South. You probably make the playoffs. Do you, is this a Super Bowl team, in your opinion? You're, you're a fan of this team. You know this team. Is this is this a Super Bowl team? I don't even think we're close to being a Super Bowl team, and I hate to say it. It, it pulls it pulls it out of me to say it. But there's so many teams right now that are that are playing at an elite level. I mean, when you look at the Patriots, when you look at the way the Bengals are playing, Green Bay. I'm not really big on 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 the North Conference as well. I mean, with the Bears and the Lions that they have, but. Still, Green Bay is just playing in a dominating way. So I don't think the Colts are anywhere. We're, we're still a couple years out from that. Our offensive line is not giving us any love, man. Right. But, but my thing is, you know, fortunately for you, like I said, you play in the worst, one of the worst divisions of football. If you get to the playoffs, you'll have a home playoff game in the wild card round more than likely. We're just saying we, let's just say they don't get the bye because obviously it's looking like Cincinnati out in the north is going to get – one of those buys, and probably either Denver or, or the Patriots is going to get another. Now, you, you look at you guys, you're probably going to play in a wild card round, so you'll, you'll, prob- you, you'll get a home game, so there's an opportunity to win a playoff game there. You don't see any possibility that this team could find a way, if they can turn this thing around, to, to make a Super Bowl run with Andrew Luck as well, the quarterback? I mean, look, on any given Sunday, you know, I mean, on any given Sunday, but at this point, what you're expecting as an Indianapolis fan is when Luck came in his freshman year, or his rookie year, we made the playoffs. The next year we won a playoff game, then we go to the AFC Championship. So there's only one thing that we're expecting now as, as fans. And we've been to so many AFC Championships with Peyton and lost to the Patriots in so many AFC Championships. We are just looking for rings at this point. And I know it's selfish, right. but that's, that's, that's what it is. And- that's, what, that's what, what it should always be about at the end of the day. That's what it should always be. I mean, at the end right. of the day, this is professional football. This is, this is what you get paid to do. And, you know, what they've done with the facilities in Indianapolis and how much the fans are behind this team, 
and how much funding we we've, we've given the team. I mean, it's it's time to break home ranks. It, it, like yeah, you're right. I was about to say the same thing. It's time to break through. It's, it's time to get to that next level. But to your yeah, point, yeah, nobody cares I mean, about you. I mean, you know, ask Cincinnati fans. I mean, same thing with Andy Dalton since he's right. come in there this, this right. year. Okay, you got you and AJ Green have been together long enough now. <laughs> deliver. For sure. Now you have to deliver. Right. And, and but I'll, I'll say this. I'll say this. Um, you know, the Denver Broncos are undefeated, but they're with the way Peyton Manning is playing. They're a suspect undefeated football team. I mean, their defense is balling, but their quarterback play has been awful. I mean, Peyton Manning has been very, very average thus far this year. So, and, and then you got Andy Dalton and his struggles. It's a possibility. I mean, Dalton struggles in the playoffs. Peyton Manning struggles in the playoffs. Hey, if you guys win a game, maybe you'll uh, get the uh, Broncos or even you'll get the uh, uh, the Bengals in the playoffs in that second round. So, I mean, anything is possible. Like, Plus, I, like I said, any given Sunday. You know, any, any right. given Sunday, as you make it to the playoffs, you have an opportunity. So, it's a big deal to get there. I just hope we turn up instead of turn down once we make it there. <laughs> and, and plus, just to give you a little more hope, you guys were even with New England throughout most of that football game. So, you know, anything is possible. Keep keep your head up. That's that is the that is the thing that is so frustrating. That that that's the point that's so frustrating that we were even with New England throughout that entire football game. We handed the way to them. We're talking to one of the stars. If loving you is wrong, actor Joe Russian Joe. Let's go to Tyler Perry now. Let's go back to Tyler Perry. I mean, obviously, he's killing it on own. Big-time shows, the haves and the have-nots, for better or worse. Got your show as well. What's it like working with Tyler Perry? Hands down, the the best man I've ever met. I mean, working for him is is just another, I mean, truly humbling, humbling thing to be able to do because when you have that, when you have been that successful throughout your life, to get up and come to set every day and be hands-on and direct every episode, write every episode, produce every episode, and still take the time to grab everyone's hands in the morning and pray over the day and bless the day and bless everybody that comes in the gates of the, of the studio. He's just a special, special guy. And his success isn't because of anything other than him being just that superhuman. He's, he's the best guy I've ever met in my life. Wow, that, that's huge praise. That's definitely huge praise for for Tyler Perry. I, I want to go back to you now. And, and you, uh, many moons ago, you appeared on a reality show, True Beauty. I mean, how much did that show uh, make this happen for you? How much did uh, being on that show make this uh, this character happen for you, Eddie, on If Loving You Was Wrong? I really don't think there's if anything at all um, – being on reality TV and then transitioning over to scripted television is more difficult than it is easy. And once once okay. you're in the reality world, people kind of see you in that world. And once you're in scripted television, then you're kind of seen in that world. Um, so I don't think there was a lot of correlation between the two. But the whole True Beauty experience is what is what got me to L.A. So, okay. um, you know, however things happen in life, uh, one door opens another, and, and this leads to that. So here I am, and I'm just blessed to be here, man. I really am. For sure. And, and, and every time I see you, man, I mean, you always got draws on. I don't see no shirt. I don't see no pants. I just see you with draws. I mean, <laughs> I, and, and I don't blame you because if I had your body, I don't think I would own any clothes. I wouldn't, I wouldn't own shirts, pants, nothing. I mean, if I had 
the body that you have. Probably just draws I would have if I had your body. But how do you how did you get it there, man? What, what, what's your workout? How how can one be like Joe Rush? You know what I what I am is just I'm Peter Pan, man. I just never I never grew up, so I, I'll do anything. I don't I don't care if it's ride a bike or, or or run or play volleyball or basketball or go to the gym or go to go to CrossFit. It doesn't matter to me. It really doesn't. Uh, I really love being outdoors. I grew up on a farm in Indiana. Wasn't a big video game kid at all. Um, just didn't play video games really. I was always outdoors. Um, if I wasn't riding a horse or bailing hay or doing things that I had to do that my parents made me do, we still stayed outside and just played all the time. So right. it's just been something I've, I've been active my whole life. Um, I love sports. I love being competitive. And thank thank God mom and dad have good genes. <laughs> Let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Are, are you truly a beautiful man on the inside? Oh, I, I truly believe I am. I, I, I really do. Okay. Um, I'm not. I'm not fake at all. I'm one of the most genuine, down to earth guys. I've, I was raised right, you know. So, I give all the glory to God, but my parents as well. They just raised me to be humble and uh, work hard. And, you know, I'm very competitive. I'm passionate. Some people will take that as, as being conceited or cocky, but it's not at all. It's um, everything that I do in my life. I, I am. I'm passionate about it and uh, try to be the best at everything that I do. But other than that, no, I'm very down-to-earth. and uh, Yeah, man, but, I, you know, I, I try to keep the, – the way I can play Eddie is I, you got to keep a little edge on your shoulder to be competitive right. in life. Right. You still surround yourself with the beautiful ones, the only beautiful ones around Joe Rush? <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, I think Tyler did a good job casting beautiful people on the show, so I'll leave it at that. Yeah, on set, only beautiful people. <laughs> For sure, for sure. Now, so at this point, obviously season season three, it's crazy at this point. A lot of crazy stuff going on. What can we expect in season three? Is it going to get crazier? I think season three is the craziest. We've we've taped through season three and season four. I, I think season three is is the craziest. I know for me personally, it's just. Uh, there was a couple of scripts where I just started reading what, what Eddie was up to, and I just had to sit there and shake my head. Uh, <laughs> it's, 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 it's good. It's good. And uh, last week it started to heat up. This, this, week, this week it really – from here on out, from here on out, season three is – it's hot. Okay. All right. So, so, fans, make sure you check this man out. Actor Joel Rush, a.k.a. Eddie, on If Loving You Is Wrong, which airs each and every Tuesday, Temptation Tuesdays, on OWN, 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 o'clock Central. Support this man. Also, hit him up on his Twitter page. I am Joel Rush. Hit him up there. And also, you you got a, a, a print company as well, right? Yeah, I've, I've owned a 3D printing company for the last three years. Uh, just a huge technology that I believe in. And my company has developed the first environmentally friendly, so we have the first biodegradable ABS printing filament. So really been a big uh, business venture on the side for me. It's being carried by Amazon and Best Buy and Walmart and Sam's Club. It's all on, on all their dot-com sites. So it's, 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 been a, it's been a good good technology to be a part of. Okay. And, and so, fans, hit him up on his website, 3dprintlife.com. That's 3dprintlife.com and support all the great things going on 
with actor Joel Rush. And Joel, what else you got going on? Obviously, you got this show going on. What else you got going on? Anything else coming up for you? You know, man, my my big thing is uh, all my fans in Atlanta, the love there has just been so amazing. And I've I've decided to leave L.A. and make Atlanta my home. So at the end of November, I'm coming to the A-Town, baby. All right, all right. So A-Town, get ready, be prepared. Your man Joel Rush is coming. I want to ask you this. You know, this is, you know, a lot of Tyler Perry shows have a predominantly black audience. Do, Do you feel like you've kind of, open yourself up to that particular audience and you, you feel like that audience is embracing you a little more? Oh, yeah, man. And I, I've, I've, I've just been open to that. And when you say open to that audience, I have two black cousins. Um, my best friend Rufus lived with me all through high school. So him and I had to fight over racial slurs at him all the time. I mean, I've, I've kind of been more on that side of the fence than the white side of the fence throughout my life. To be honest with you, so uh, just being an athlete and you know, and kind of my upbringing, it's yeah, I I, I got just as much love for for my audience as, as they have for me, man. That's why I'm going to Atlanta. I, I love I love it down there. And and you guys shoot out in Atlanta, correct? Yeah, yeah. Everything we do down in, down in Atlanta. Okay, all right. So again, fans, support this man. Hit him up on Twitter. I am Joe Rush. Hit him up on his website, 3dprintlife.com, and make sure you check him out each and every Tuesday on If Loving You Is Wrong. Airs each and every uh, Tuesday, 9 o'clock Eastern, 8 o'clock Central, on OWN. Support this man, Joel Rush. Joel, before we get out of here, who wins the Super Bowl? Who, who, who gets it done, in your opinion? Hey, man, I'm, I'm, I'm actually pulling for the Natty boys. I'm going, I'm going okay. to Cincinnati. I'm, I'm riding the train. So uh, I'd like to see them get it done, try to – you know, get get some new blood in the Super Bowl a little bit. Okay, so who that? 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 Yeah, I got a lot of boys from Natty that that would turn over if they if they heard me say that. But yeah, if it's not gonna be my Colts, I don't think it's our year. I'm, I'm gonna keep it in the Midwest, man. I pull for the Natty. All right. Okay. We'll see what happens. Appreciate it, man. Hey, Paul. Hey, man. Much love, baby. I really, really appreciate you having me on. I'll talk to you. Actor Joel Rush. You wouldn't think actor Joel Rush was stopping by. Also, I want to thank Hall of Famer Willie Rowe for stopping by, and also Jaguars wide receiver Alan Hearns. You can listen to this show and other great shows, blogtalkradio.com slash begin, or you can listen to this show and other great shows. Follow us on Twitter at go for it. Again, for everybody here, go for it. You hope you have, we hope you have a great weekend. Have a great night. See you next week. Take care. Bye.